the most wonderful real estate podcast ever, the show that gives you the lowdown on how to become a successful real estate entrepreneur with more than 30 years of experience. America's top female real estate investor one is an expert in financial freedom and turning dreams into realities. Now's your chance to become a Dwandonair with the help of Dwan. Here's to a flaming hot foreclosure market with the help of Dwan. Cheers. Hello everyone, this is Bill Twyford here with the the Real Estate Rockstar. Welcome to Investing on the Go. Investing on the Go is our weekend warrior session. As you know, Investing on the Go is a quick 15-minute session to help you while you're driving for dollars. Now, our topic this week is going to be mailboxes, garbage cans, and lockboxes. Now, picture yourself out door knocking. Picture yourself out in the neighborhood. Even if you're not door knocking, let's just say you're driving a neighborhood, you're coming home from work, and you're looking for vacant properties, you're looking for distressed properties, you're looking for all types of stuff that is basically what we call neighborhood awareness. So neighborhood awareness basically is Learning how to drive through a neighborhood like you've never drawn through a neighborhood before. And that doesn't mean racing through it. When you're going through a neighborhood, you should be going no more than 10 to 12 miles an hour. 10 to 12 miles an hour, guys and gals. And the reason I say that is because you can't drive any faster than that and look at houses like this. You're looking at houses on both sides of the street. And if you're driving 15, 18, 20 miles an hour, you're like this. You can't do it. You can't see what you're supposed to see. All right? And let's start out with the first thing that you're looking for. We're looking for mailboxes. Now, the mailboxes can either be at the road or they can be attached to the house. Or even some areas don't even have mailboxes. They have mailbox centers. Now, if you're in an area like that, you're definitely in what we would call a level four neighborhood. If you're in a level four neighborhood, they're not going to let you put bandit signs out there. They're going to let you put bandit signs out in neighborhoods like that because the neighbors will take them down. The neighbors will take those down. So what I want you guys to realize is when you're out in a neighborhood, I want you to be looking for distressed properties. So let's start out with the mailbox. Let's just say the mailbox is out by the road, standing on a post. You know, you're driving by, you're driving slow, and you notice on that mailbox, the way that it opens, that there's either a zip tie on it or a rubber band. Now, what does that tell you? If there's a rubber band on it or a zip tie on it, let's think about that for a second. What does that tell you? that tells you there's no mail going in that mailbox. There's no mail going in that mailbox. Now think about that for a second. If there's no mail going in that mailbox, what's that tell you? That's right, the property's vacant. What you do is you stop, you get out of your car, you inspect the mailbox, you see there's a rubber band or a zip tie on it, you walk up to the house, you always knock on the door, you knock on the door, 
just because to see if somebody's living there. Now, when you knock on the door, what if somebody answers the door? And you're like, oh my gosh, there's somebody living here. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. The thing you have to realize is you don't want to go up to a house that you think is vacant and just put a sign in the yard and then you find out somebody else is living there, that somebody's living there all along. And then here you're putting a sign in somebody's yard. You're not going to do that. Remember on the last call or the last investor or investing to go or investing on the go, I'm figuring this out as we go through it. We talked about putting bandit signs in the yards of bank owned properties that are not listed with agents. And that's a great place to put your signs because your signs will stay there for a year or two. But if you're going up to that house, you see it's got, and, and you know what, it's funny, I drive down neighborhoods all the time and I'll be training students, I'll say, that house is vacant, that one's vacant, that one's vacant. And they'll be, how do you know these are vacant? I say, well, let's look at the signs. Look at the mailbox. There's a zip tie on this mailbox. There's a zip tie on that mailbox. There's a rubber band on this mailbox. Yeah, but what does that mean? That means nobody's getting mail. Why do they put a zip tie on the mailbox? Not so the mail guy from Monday through Friday doesn't deliver the mail because the same mail guy Monday through Friday knows nobody lives there. So he doesn't put mail in the mailbox. It's the weekend mailman that works on Saturday that puts mail in the mailbox. So the Monday through Friday mailman zip ties it. Or what he'll do is he'll go in and he'll put a little note in the mailbox that will stick out. It'll be orange or yellow or bright green. And it's funny because what they do is they put this little note in the mailbox that hangs out of the mailbox. Like let's say that mailbox is hanging on the, on the house and the top of the mailbox opens up this way. They got a paper that hangs out and the mailbox shuts and this little bit of paper is hanging out and across the front it says vacant. You can see those from the street, especially if you know the area that you're working and you've already seen them before. Now you're just driving down the street looking for these little tabs coming out of the mailbox. And that tells you the house is vacant. Nobody's there. Put a sign in the yard that says houses for, you know, houses for sale, uh, seller financing with your phone number. Or I buy houses cash, no equity, no problem with your phone number. Or in foreclosure, question mark, money to lend with your phone number. Okay, and some of the next calls that we do, investing on the go, we're going to talk about scripts and how to handle those calls, those inbound calls. Because if you don't know how to handle those inbound calls, folks, you're going to lose a lot of money. You're going to waste a lot of time. All right, so the mailboxes are either going to have a rubber band, zip tie on it, or they're going to have a little flap hanging out that says vacant. Now, is it okay to open a mailbox? Nothing wrong with opening a mailbox. You can't put stuff in a mailbox or take stuff out of a mailbox, okay? You can't take stuff out of a mailbox or put stuff in a mailbox. So I want you guys to understand that. So just don't walk up to a house that's got a bunch of mail stashed in the box and start pulling it out and going through it to see who owns it. There's nothing wrong with lifting up the lid and looking in and seeing who owns it. Okay, whose mail that is. You're not touching the mail. You're not taking the mail out. Okay, another thing, when you're dropping off something at the house and they're not home, 
Now this is going to, let's say you've got a foreclosure and you're dropping something off, you're dropping off a fed up package or you're dropping off a, a sorry I missed you, you can't put anything in the mailbox, okay? Now, you can put it in between the front doors, you can put it in between the doors, like the door and the, and the um, weather stripping. You can go ahead and open the storm door and shut it and leave it in the storm door and just latch the storm door. You can put it underneath the mailbox where they put newspapers. A lot of mailboxes will have paper clips on them, not paper clips. Um, what do they call them? Clothespins. They have clothespins on them. And those clothespins, you can attach your paperwork to that because you're not physically putting it in the mailbox, you're putting it on the mailbox. Okay, so that's a big difference, guys and gals, because federal law says you cannot put stuff in people's mailboxes or take stuff out. All right, so we want to be real careful there. We want to follow the rules, follow the law. Okay, we don't want to be sitting here, um, you know, breaking the law, breaking the law, breaking the law. Okay, we don't want to be doing that. So what we want to be doing is we want to be following the rules, okay? Now, let's talk about the next thing. So here you are, you're driving down the street, and you look over, you see a couple vacant properties, you go up, you check the houses out, you see they're vacant, they still got stuff inside, um, you know, you put a sign in the yard, you move to the next house. Well, the next house, you know, might have a lockbox on it. Well, what does that tell you if it's got a lockbox on it? And the thing about it is when you, the first house you went to, remember where I said you went up and you put a sign in the yard? The very first house that's vacant because of the mailbox, you go up and look. If you notice the doorknob is nice, <clears throat> nice new doorknob. There's no key scratches on it, anything like that. That tells you that the bank has come in and they've changed the locks already. Right? They've already changed the locks. So now the bank has control of that house. <clears throat> However, you can go in and find out who owns that property. I don't mean go in the house. You can go in online and find out who owns that property. Well, if you go online and look up 123 Elm Street, you go to the county, you look up the property record search, and you see it's owned by Bob and Mary Smith, it's in foreclosure, and it's going to sale in 45 days, well, I'll tell you what, it's your job to chase them down. It's still their house. Even though the bank has changed the locks, that doesn't mean that Bob and Mary Smith don't have the right to sell that house. They still own the home. They just vacated the premises. They left the house. And when they leave the house, the bank has the right to come in and the bank will have somebody come by, knock on their door. They'll see it's nobody's living there. They've been by two or three times. They'll go back to their, their supervisors and say they vacated the house. Well, okay. Then what the bank does, they come out with a locksmith. They change the locks because the homeowner has vacated the premises. They want to keep track of, they want to take care of their asset. They don't want people in there. They don't know who's, who's going in there, who's got keys. So they want to go ahead and change the locks. What they're also going to do, if it's in a real rough neighborhood, like a level one or level two, they're probably going to board it up. They're probably going to board it up. So 
you know, if they're in a level three, level four, level five neighborhood, they're not going to board it up because those are nice neighborhoods. You get in one of the one of the lower ranked neighborhoods like level one or level two, they may board that property up so they then become a crack house or something. So what I want you guys to remember is when you're out there looking at mailboxes, look at the doorknobs, okay? Look for lockboxes. If a lockbox is on it, that tells you that a realtor either has it listed or a property preservation company has come out and put a lockbox on it so the bank, the property preservation company that the bank hires can come out and check on the property. They have the keys in the lockbox, they open it up, they walk through it, they sign off on it. There's a piece of paper probably on the countertop in the kitchen. They sign, they come out once a month just to check the house. Another thing you're gonna look for while you're out there looking at mailboxes is you're going to be looking at the little sticker in the window. It's about this wide, about maybe four inches by three inches. And it says this property has been deemed vacated by the owners. This property has also been winterized. Okay, if you see any problems with this property, there's no trespassing, call LPS servicers or what, whoever it is. Okay, for Wells Fargo Bank or whoever's on there, it'll have an 800 number on there to call. That tells me the house is vacant. I can see that from the street. Now, when I see this first house we drive by, I see there's a sticker that says that on it. I see there's papers in the window, stuck to the inside of the window. I see the doorknob's been changed. And I also see there's a little vacant flap hanging out of the mailbox. Now, that right there is just mailboxes, okay, and lockboxes. So <clears throat> when you see a lockbox, property reservation's been there, they're going in and checking the house. When you see a property that has the doorknob changed, that tells you that the bank, doesn't tell you the bank owns it, tells you the bank has control of the inside of the house. Same with the lockbox. But that doesn't mean the homeowner doesn't have the right they don't have the right to sell that property. They do. So if that property hasn't gone to sale yet, what you want to do, guys and gals, is chase that homeowner down. They've already emotionally left the home. They've already left. So what you can do is you can offer them some cash for the deed on the property. You can say, hey, listen, you know what? I noticed on 133 Elm Street that you've already moved out of that property. Let me show you what I can do to get you some cash on top of not having to lose the property. Let me show you what I can do to get you some cash instead of losing the property. See what we're doing? We're, they've already left. They're mostly not attached to the house anymore. And now what we want to do is talk to them about getting them some cash. So just because a property has a lockbox on it, just because a property is vacant, just because the locks have been changed, just because it's been boarded up, doesn't mean it's bank owned doesn't mean it's bank owned. So I want you guys to realize that. Another thing I want you guys to do our next call, we're gonna do a, another call here for next week. And we're gonna talk more about garbage cans, neighborhood awareness. We're gonna talk about dumpsters. We're gonna talk about investors working and what you're gonna be missing when you're driving through neighborhoods. All right, this is Bill Twyford, the real estate rock star. I want you to share this video. I want you to get it out there. I know you love this content. I mean, I know you do. So go ahead and give it five stars.
let's go ahead and make this the number one information gathering site for real estate investors. All right, this is where the tire meets the pavement, guys and gals. Okay, this is where the tire meets the pavement. So this is Bill Twyford. Remember, champions never give up. And like my dad always said, the more you learn, the more you earn. I agree with him to a point, but I know a lot of people that are smart that don't make any money. And I got to tell you what, knowledge and education is a lot. Donald Trump always says knowledge and education is everything. Well, I differ with him there. Knowledge and education is nothing without action. You got to tie action to things, folks. If you don't tie action to things, you're going to find out that you're not going to make a lot of money. All right. And this business is all about helping people and making money. All right, guys, this is Bill Twyford investing on the go. Thank you for dropping by to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever, making real estate investment wonderful each and every time. Or for more information on how to make your real estate, real estate dreams a reality, reality, keep an eye on dwonderful.com and be sure to become a member.